is Hebrew Hits, presented by JTribeRadio.com. I'm your host, Malia, and I sit down with people who live by the motto, it's what you do with what you have that makes a difference. This week on Hebrew Hits, I am sitting down with David Perlman to talk about how he started music, who his inspiration is, all the hidden things that you do not know about David Perlman happening right here on the show. Well, I'm your host, Malia, and you are tuning into Hebrew Hits. Before we get to the episode, I'd like to kindly ask you if you can please subscribe, like, share, follow us on Instagram at Hebrew underscore hits. And let's get to the episode. Are you ready? David Perlman, Hello. welcome to the show. This is so exciting that I'm having you on the show today. How are you doing? Baruch Hashem. Thank you so much for having me. So first of all, please tell me, where are you right now? At the moment, I'm in the backseat of uh, my friend's van because um, we had to run uh, quick errands. Also, I'm in yeshiva right now in, uh, for the next month in a base medrash in Tenafly, and there was no quiet room there. So this is about the quietest place I can do to conduct this interview. And I wanted to you know, make sure that it was nice and quiet and we could actually get the point across, so. That's the good thing about Zoom. You can conduct interviews wherever. This is my first time actually having an interviewee in a car. So it's pretty cool. You're the first one. There you go. Keeping busy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> is this your first time doing an interview in the car too? Just curious. I definitely called into a radio once from the car. I forget which one, but you know, I'm on the road a lot these days. Thank God things are starting to open up. Music-wise, I've been able to, uh, people are starting to feel more comfortable having outdoor events. So that's been good. You know, it, it's not what it used to be, but it's a new norm that we're all getting all, you know, used to in the music right, industry. Right, for sure. Okay, so the car is basically like your office. At the moment, I am living in my car, yes. Well, David, for the people who are not familiar with who you are, can you give a little bit of background of who you are and where you came from? Sure. Hi, I'm David. I'm 19 years old. I'm a singer-songwriter. I've been performing professionally for the past 11 years starting my career in 2009 when I joined the Miami Boys Choir. I was in the Miami Boys Choir for about five years, and then I took a little break, and then I decided to start a solo career. And I recorded an album called Miracles, which was a 2015 Jewish music bestseller, I guess you could say. Really helped start my career. And since then, I've been uh, releasing singles, leading to a new album, which is slated uh, for release within the next few months, God willing. That is so exciting. So I know that you mentioned that you were in the Miami Boys Choir. Was that something that you personally wanted to do or your parents put you in there? Like they wanted you in that choir? It was always up. It was always my choice. My father gave me the opportunity because um, someone approached him and told him that they were conducting interviews. Uh, they were having auditions. My father was in Miami Boys Choir. His younger brother... My uncle, Zabel Perlman, which we will talk about actually later, he is someone who is an inspiration to me and to so many others. And he was in the Miami Boys Choir. And it was just a matter of time, I guess, before I, I decided to join myself and see what all the fuss was about. And it was really one of the best five years of, you know, it's one of the best ways to grow up is being part of this, this group. It was a rare opportunity. I got to you know, Miami Boys Choir used to tour the world. They still do, but during COVID, it just changed everything. You know, as a child, uh, I went to like do concerts and see Jewish communities in places like Paris, England, uh, South America, Chile, Argentina, and then more locally, like all over the tri-state area, and then even Los Angeles, 
East Coast, West Coast, Canada, Israel. And that is a great opportunity. That's how I spent my summers with these group of guys. Although I have to say, being in the choir for five years, I went through three shifts of the choir, being the last man standing, so to speak, the last boy standing. Uh, so I had to, every couple of years when everybody kind of left and there was a new group of guys, I had to make some new friends about three different times. But um, <laughs> I do keep in touch with one of them. So <laughs> after five years, one or two of them I, are uh, good friends of mine. I was going to ask you if you're still friends. So now you're friends with two two people from the whole five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my closest friends, Tzvi Simchon, going to give him a shout out. He's a very talented photographer and videographer based in the Brooklyn area. And he's really, his career has been really exploding, really. So good for him. And he, um, we sang together in the choir many years ago and kept in touch ever since. What has been your favorite place that you visited? I really enjoyed Chile. I thought Chile was a beautiful country. The Jewish community there was very warm and welcoming. Uh, usually every place out of New York is very warm and welcoming. Uh, I can say that because I'm from New York. So you know, <laughs> people will be like, oh, he's so mean to New Yorkers. I've lived in New York all my life and it's no secret. We're not exactly the friendliest people. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed Chile was great. And Los Angeles is, is a dream. Honestly, you go there for a week and it's like, it feels like you're not in reality for a little bit. For people who live in Los Angeles, it's like pretty normal for them. But for outsiders, it's like, whoa, Los Angeles. So yeah. <laughs> Have you been yeah, there recently? Actually, yes. Um, right before COVID in December, I got to fly in. I was actually in Yeshiva in Israel this past year and hope to be going back. A little bit of difficulties coming there uh, would have come earlier. All my friends are there right now, but I actually led Rosh Hashanah and you know, Kippur Davening in New York. Before that on uh, Hanukkah, this past Hanukkah, I got to fly into Los Angeles and probably the most interesting concert of my career got to do a concert at Universal Studios in Los Angeles, outside in this area called City Walk, where you had, you know, thousands of Jews who came in for this concert with, uh, it was me, and I opened for Yaakov Shweki, which was really an, a great honor. He's one of my biggest role models. And, and then you had complete non-Jews who would go, were coming from the theme park and they'd see this Hanukkah concert. And so they were dancing along to some of my songs, which was very mm-hmm. funny. I mean, it was great, honestly, because that's, that's really an ultimate goal of mine. And, you know, music is universal. And I hope that my music will be able to inspire not just Jews, not just religious, but also non-religious Jews, as well as even non-Jews, because mm-hmm. God is, an, is a universal concept. It doesn't have to be within, you know, you serve Hashem, which, however way you do. You know, and, and also music doesn't, isn't always, always about God. It can be about emotions. It can be about music. It has that effect. It's, it's very universal. And so the hope is that in the future, my music will be able to kind of reach across all spectrums and kind of, in a sense, unite everybody, which would be great. That's really great. How did you get to be like in that concert for an open for Yako Shweki? Did you reach out to him? Did he reach out to you? If I'm remembering correctly, I got a Instagram DM from Sid Hanukkah City Walk, like at one of the, I forgot what their exact username is. And they had followed me a year before. It's possible that a year before I had said, wow, it looks really awesome. Definitely uh, keep me in mind. And then they, they reached out to me a year later and said, hi, are you going to be in, we know you're in Israel because people uh, like to follow my Instagram stories. Um, I did take a step back because I was overdoing it a little bit, but I was vlogging, so to speak, my year in Israel. And they saw that and they said, will you be in America for Hanukkah? I said, no. And they said, well, we would be willing to possibly fly you in, which is a really fun opportunity. So, and, and I got to 
spend the week and to meet the Jewish community in the Valley and Beverly Wood. Some really great, great times. That is amazing. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about you. um, your, who your inspiration is. I know that you mentioned your uncle is your inspiration, right? Is he your main inspiration sure. for why you do music? I would say so. My uncle, who I've been uh, talking about more recently, I want people to know his story. My father's younger brother's name was Zabel Perlman. Um, sang professionally in the Miami Boys Choir, was a really special person. He had a beautiful voice and had a good heart, a good soul. Unfortunately, he was born with a heart defect. So he had a lathe tove, but unfortunately, he had also a sick heart. And he unfortunately passed away about 15 years ago at the age of 19. And um, in his short 19 years, he was able to inspire so many people through his music. And I remember him a little bit. I mean, he passed away when I was three, back in 2005. I was like three or four what we did find was a tape recording of songs that he had written while he was a, while he was a kid, and we had those songs sung in our family for years now. And one of the songs is a beautiful song, Hamalah Hagoel, the words we all know. And this was something that I wanted to share with the world to you know hear his his song to have his legacy live on through his music. And I asked my father how he would feel about. Um, how he would feel about having this song released on my upcoming album. And he was very open to it. And we were able to actually get a recording of his actual recording onto the song to kind of duet with him, which is a kind of beautiful thing. So at the moment, that's, that's, uh, you know, he's, he's someone who I've always wanted to continue singing because of what he did. Honestly, I would say he's my biggest inspiration to do things. Lili Nishmas, Zabli Yashaya, that was his full name. I hope that uh, he's proud, and um, I hope to continue spreading his legacy, especially when I uh, release the album. People get to hear his song for the first time and hear his story about how he always pushed against his limit, his physical limitations to serve Hashem in the best way he can. Um, he would run to davening, even if it was hard for him. He would uh, lead Philos as a bald fila even if it would mean that he would get winded and he would try his very best to serve Hashem. How can we serve Hashem to our utmost when a lot of us are privileged to not have as many physical limitations? How can we go above and beyond to serve our creator? So that's what I would say is my inspiration from him. So I know that you said that your uncle is going to somehow be on your new album. How are you going to actually incorporate your uncle onto your album? We have a tape recording of him that we were able to transfer over to digital and we're going to kind of uh, have a bit of it playing in the background, which would be very cool. So you're saying that your uncle who recorded music at least 15 years ago, is you're going to use that? To an extent, we'll, we're going to be sampling uh, a piece of it, hopefully. So That is really be- cool. That is going to be so exciting and so different. I don't think that's ever been done. It's I actually... I think there was Ari Goldwag did once a duet with himself when he was a kid. So same idea. But yeah, it's not done that often. So it's, it's definitely exciting. Why do you want to be a solo artist? To be a solo artist means that you're kind of your own boss. And I've always felt that when I'm my own boss, I have the most creative control. And creative control is something that's extremely important to artists. I think a lot of artists who don't have creative control to an extent are barred. 
and they're limited into what kind of music they can create. And being that my universal message is to try to create music for everybody, then you got to try to create music that's kind of like universal. And you can only really do that when you're your own boss. That being said, I have great people that help me out. I have a manager that helps with, with jobs and with at, you know, creating the idea and behind a music video and getting a team of a cast of film. So I think that it helps when artists have a team behind them, about mar- you know, marketing both for music and for, you know, graphic design. And of course, my producer, Donnie Gross, who I have to give a major shout out to, really helps me find my sound and is one of the greatest producers I've ever worked with. Um, this album, he'll be fully producing between me and him. I think also being a solo artist was just being a singer in general is something I've always wanted to do. Being that my father's sung for his whole life and I've been exposed to people on my father's side of the family always singing. And, and, and just when you create, when you get good feedback from people, it's a sign, I think, from Hashem telling you, keep doing what you're doing. Because if people are telling you, you know, thank you for singing that song, you know, during davening, people would come up to me afterwards and say, like, you know, it sounds like, you you know, you connected with the words and it really helped me connect. So if you're helping other people connect with Hashem, there's nothing better than you could possibly be doing. And getting, I used to shy away from compliments, but as Benny Friedman, you know, mentioned to me that um, these are messages that you got to just keep on doing what Hashem gave you because it's your topless. And it kind of comes in with the package, you know, Obviously, you should never run to kavod or, or, or to attention. But being a singer, you have this rare opportunity to inspire others. And it kind of comes in with, you know, if people are going to be giving you compliments or telling you good job, you don't have to say, you don't have to run away from it and say like, oh, now I'm going to stop singing. You should, it's rather it's Hashem reminding you, this is why you're doing what you're doing. You should be lucky you get compliments. A lot of people are scared to give compliments. And a lot of people are also scared to receive compliments. It took me a while. I used to be scared to get compliments. That That's like something I, it, it's like, I hate the idea of inflating someone's head. And so I never would want that. And I've always, it's, it's a constant battle for someone who is a singer or a public speaker or anything really in the public. You constantly have to check yourself. Am I doing the right thing? Am I letting it get to my head? Or am I doing... My talkless, am I, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing in life? Serving so Hashem music, and helping others. So you yeah. think that music is a part of your talkit? I, yeah, it, it, without a doubt. And I, I'm very, I believe I'm lucky to realize this um, early on, you know, as a young person, so to speak. Because mm-hmm. when I get messages from people such as it was an Israeli soldier who unfortunately was wounded in a terrorist incident, his uh, friend told me that one of my songs was one of his personal favorites and helped him kind of through rehab. And this, this is a soldier who unfortunately um, was, was in a coma for a long time and only recently started to really wake up. And music helped him, his body react in a positive way, helped his brain function. And to hear that one of my songs was something that he would make him happy and, and, and gave him you know, ease the pain. There's nothing better than to hear that and, and realize that your music has an impact. Music wow. has definitely has an impact on people in more than the artist sometimes even knows. Right. And that's probably just one story that you've heard of many that people come and tell you. Baruch Hashem. It's nice to see like random Jews from around the world connecting through, 
music or not even, not always are they Jewish. I got recently a message from someone who was not Jewish mm. who said that they found the song to be very, like one of my songs to be very inspirational. So let's talk about your music. Which song would you say is your most successful Jewish pop song? I would say there's a song that I released last year called Haver Shelly. And Baruch Hashem, it's, it's been really well accepted and people are dancing to it. I get videos from like Simcha's, DJs are using it. It's a lot of fun. And then my, the music video is my most viewed music video to date. So that's been really right. exciting. So tell me about the meaning behind the song, Haver Shelly. The meaning behind the song was basically, well, the song Haver Shelly, My Friend, is a song really an ode to friendship. It's, uh, it's a real summer song. That's why I think it took off in, in the camps, in, in a lot of sleepaway camps and pre-COVID. 2019 mm-hmm. was the last normal summer we had for anything <laughs> for, for this crazy summer. It, it speaks, you know, about how different we are. We're really more alike than we think. And you're there for me. I'm there for you. The topic's been discussed before, but it's really the fan favorite because it's, you know, who doesn't love friendship? And how did you come to create that song? I wrote it with the intent of getting it out into sleepaway camps and having people really react. So, so seeing that people listen to it and they, it took off the way it did was really, was really um, fulfilling in a sense because it felt like, okay, this song had its purpose. The purpose was so it can really, you know, friends can sing along and camp to it. That was the goal. So it was really good to see. Um, I worked in Camp Morishah last year, last summer, and to be able to actually film the music video there for the song so there were kids in the, the video and so they showed their friends who showed their families who showed their families who went to other camps and that's how it really took off by word of mouth mm-hmm. so it was really great the music video is very cool because you definitely could see it's coming from a millennial's perspective there's a cell phone there texting you know all that that stuff. was and all my manager's could, idea i was gonna ask because the use of emojis are incredible like there's you know like someone throws throwing a football and then there's the fire emoji yeah we were going for definitely a, a friendship cute feel and we t- we tried to cover all the different uh, social media platforms but um one that we did not get was tiktok because tiktok really took off pre uh post covid so um right. this was a little bit for this tiktok was still a thing then but it, it had just i think i don't know if you even remember like musically i treat tiktok the way i treat my instagram stories like i kind of talk to people and I, you have to be really creative to create these short videos i sound like an old person already the way i'm talking <laughs> Sound like such a boomer. Okay, but even in that, even in your music video, the use of hashtags—that was such a—it's such a cool idea. Thank you. There were hashtags popping up, emojis. Did you choose you. which emojis, which emojis you wanted to use? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, a friend of mine helped with the graphics. Daniel Gross from Mivaser, who was in Yeshiva with me. We would spend uh, sleepless nights going through the editing and making sure everything was, you know, right down to the point. It was. That took many months to create to, to really get down pat to get all the shots. We had filmed everything in the summer and then realized we were still missing some shots. So two months later, I found the exact clothes that I was wearing. I was in Israel. I found a park in Israel. I wonder if you watch the video, can you tell which scenes were shot in Israel and which were shot in Pennsylvania? Like we tried to make it seamless. I don't know. Maybe the one in the like I don't know. It was like a trail? Maybe was that in Israel or that was the in the ch- camp? That was, in, that was in the camp. That was in Pennsylvania. But there's some scenes with that are shot close up that we tried to match to look like Camp Marsha. So, Very um, cool. If- Maybe the football scene when you give the friend your friend a hug. <laughs> I don't know. But let's talk a little bit about, you know, as being an artist, obviously there comes ups and downs. How do you personally deal with any self-doubt that you may 
experience or encounter? Good question. Self-doubt, and I would have to follow up with another question. Self-doubt in what regard? In, in general? In yourself, like, do you feel like sometimes you're like, I just can't do this anymore, or I, I don't know, am I really making a difference? Should I continue? Like, can I really make a career out of this? So um, the harsh reality about music is that it's very, 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 very few people can do this full time. I myself am still considered a student. I'm in yeshiva. I'm still a yeshiva bacher. And at the moment, life's financial uh, drains, I, would, I don't want to say strains, but financial responsibilities are, not, are, are only slowly starting to come upon me. You know, starting in Mishasham College soon possibly why you will see basically COVID made everything more confusing. But the real question is, can you do music full time? And uh, also when I have self doubt, you have to take yourself out of the picture for a second and you have to, you have to look at it from a sense of reality. You have to, you have to understand that very few people can do it full time. And the, that's why I, I plan on kind of pursuing this as much as I can now while I'm, um, while I am a student, while I'm a student, while I'm a, in yeshiva while I'm in college. And when you have a degree from college, the hope is that you can actually get a start a business or do something full-time in music, not full-time. So I will be pursuing music full-time while I am a student and seeing where that takes me. As far as self-doubt, it's, it's easy to, to put yourself down when you see other people who are doing successful and you have had no jobs for for a few months. And you think to yourself, oh, what am I doing wrong? I can't do this. It's stems from jealousy i think it stems from a lack of self-confidence and when someone has self-confidence that means they have bitachon as a good friend once told me actually my friend moshe who's right here he told me bitachon not just having a muna bitachon when you truly believe that everything hashem does is good you you'll have faith that if that if this is your tafkin in life to do music that he will help you do it and by all means you know jump in be realistic you don't have to be getting jobs all the time, but if this is your full-time job then, and it's not working out, you need to look at other options as well. But I would say music is my passion. And if I can do it full-time for now, then I will definitely try. Many, many singers, big names especially, that you might think do music full-time do not, just because most musicians have a shelf life so to speak. Most singers, after five years or 10 years, there's a new singer on the block. That goes for everybody. That's how it's been going. There's a few anomalies of people that have stood the test of time and are still relevant 30 years later, but it helps to have a day job. <laughs> it does. Even putting out music, it's so expensive and you don't really make money off of your own music. Correct. You don't. Uh, you make money from jobs, from live jobs, album sales. We, don't, we live in a streaming music world uh, streaming music that a uh, generation that streams music and mm -hmm. album sales are a thing of the past so it, an album is basically a very expensive business card you put out an album and the hope is people like the music enough that they like the artist they bring the artist in for jobs but self-doubt has to be shot down by reconnecting with hashem that's really what it is because when you realign yourself you're like why am i having these self-doubts okay so obviously mm -hmm. there's a lack of belief here and you have to challenge yourself to believe enough that why, why are you doing music? Why are you doing any, your passion? Why am I pursuing this? Because I want other people to be inspired. Mm. Not, it's not about me. It's not about making money. That's the challenge. If it is about making money, then instantly your passion becomes more stressful and becomes less enjoyable, I would think. Mm. It becomes more, at least more stressful and taxing, especially if you're not doing well financially and the jobs are not coming in like they used to. And it makes you lose track of why you're making music because it should be to help others connect with God and connect with each other.
to bring unity. Right. That's what I would say. So I know that you also said before that you want to diversify music, let your yeah. music be heard by a lot of different people. Do you feel though that Jewish music should just be for Jewish people? I've always been of the of the idea that Jewish music can be for the Jewish people, but it also I don't think it should just be for them. I believe I once heard Yoni Z mention that, and I could be wrong or misquoting him, but from what I remember, it would be cool if the Grammy Awards had a Jewish award. Like, you know, you see that they have Best Christian Music Award. There's no reason why Jewish music can't push the limits of uh, and, and be contemporary while also remaining true and kosher to our beliefs. Um, if the, you know, if the song topics, you know, I would say a real Jewish song is one that identifies with our beliefs, our true mm-hmm. beliefs. Yeah. But a lot of Jewish beliefs are universal. So there's no reason why you can't inspire um, people who are not Jewish, who are, not, who are also not Jewish. Being that I'm Jewish, I am probably biased. First, you, you have to, you want to win over your own audience, so to speak, and then branch out. So what my album will be doing is trying to diversify enough, be diverse enough musically to unite non-religious Jews, religious Jews, right, left. And then slowly the eventual goal is to branch out and see where, where it can go from there while still being true to being a religious Jew and being a light um, onto the nations and being, so to speak, a good role model and a good uh, spokesperson for the Jewish mm-hmm. nation. I do you love that yeah. because especially now we do need unity in the world. And if you could bring people together through music, that is super cool. And that's incredible, an incredible thing. It's a hard task, but if you could do it, that's really awesome. So it was interesting. I did, I took a poll recently of where my, I mean, not talking politics, politics aside, but this <laughs> one, I took a poll, like how many followers of mine were of this political party and which of the other. And of course, overwhelmingly one were in one party, but there were a significant amount more than I thought who were part of a different political party or had different beliefs. And then I looked at who was answering it and it was non-religious Jews, religious Jews. And I was like, wow, this is actually working. So let's just keep it up, see where we could go from here. So that's what you would say is your ultimate goal. Bringing yeah. people together through music. Yeah. Because that that's the one, if you look at all different cultures, something mm-hmm. that they all have is music. It's, right. you know, they all have some sort of music. It's true. So you have a new album coming out. Aren't you so excited? First of all, aren't you so excited? I'm definitely stoked. Uh, it's, it's, it's an incredible, it's been an incredible year and a half of working on it. Uh, writing back. I mean, really it's the idea has been in my head for over five years. It's been mm-hmm. a dream of mine. And now that it's becoming a reality, it's, it's just a matter of, uh, how do we plan this out the right way? You know, I was in such, I was so ready to put it out in the summer. And then of course the pandemic hit. And now it's a question of when is the timing right? Timing is everything on the release of an album. So as excited as I am, and I feel the excitement of, of my fans, they've been reaching out to me. When is it coming out? When is it coming out? And all I could say to them is that it's basically ready, but we need the timing to be on our hands right now, to be mm-hmm. on our side right now. Timing has to be on our side yeah, but I'm, I'm so excited. It's going to be it's the start of a new era of Jewish music, I hope, and mm-hmm. hopefully will lead many other artists. There are many artists now my age who are just popping up out of the... They've, I mean, they haven't just popped up, but they've been working super hard in the last few years. They've, they've really been... There's, there's been a new generation of Jewish musicians coming. Mm-hmm. 
and to spread, to, to, to create art and to spread a message. And it's exciting to see that it's happening and this is the future of Jewish music and we're keeping our ideals. Mm-hmm. A lot of people for many years have been scared of keeping up with the times contemporarily Jewish, you know, how you want the songs to sound. I believe that a sound is fine if the message like people say that, like I, I've had people, a few people who actually said, uh, I'm not going to call them haters. I'm going to call them cr- critics who said, you have a beautiful voice, but why does your music sometimes, and it's not true. A lot of my music is slower, but some of their faster songs have a, so to speak, a non-Jewish beat. And I didn't know what that meant. I'm like, what are you talking about? A non-Jewish beat. A contemporary beat, maybe. Guess what? If you want the young people, the young Jews to listen to Jewish music and stay true to their faith, because I have so many friends who tell me that I am the only Jewish music that they listen to. They listen to bunch, tons of non-Jewish music. The one Jewish music that they feel comfortable listening to is mine. Maybe a few friends of mine who are also making contemporary Jewish music. You got to keep up with the times. The topics can be there. The topics should be according to your belief system, I believe. You know, shouldn't be singing about things that are not appropriate. Mm-hmm. But if you want people, younger people especially, to listen to Jewish music and to think hey, it's cool to be Jewish, that right. you, need to, you need to make them feel proud to be a Jew and make music that's, that's bumping, so to speak, or music that's keeping up with the times. So what are you most excited about for your album release? I'm excited, well, it's tough now, but to plan a tour. I, I am working on a socially distanced tour. Wow. Um, a COVID so tour, cool. so to speak. Yeah, to see the fans, to see how they react to the songs, how they react to the music and filming new music videos and, and just the whole campaign, really, to, to go on the road with the album. Um, an artist has to be able to go on the road with an album. A few singers mentioned to me, you need to wait until it's safe enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And many communities will tell you, COVID's over, COVID's over. It's not really over. If you look at the, the rest of the world, yeah, New York got the brunt of it, you know, Thank God, hopefully we're pretty much over with it. But uh, there is a second wave of sorts and we got to wait till it's safe. But that's what I'm most excited about, to see and meet the fans face to face, as opposed to just seeing them on the phone, on the social media, to meet them in person. And you're going to plan the tour all by yourself? I have a few, a few guys who are working with me right now. Yeah, we're expanding the team. Cool. You need a team to work on a tour. It's, you can't do it on your own. There's so much that goes into it. Sponsorships and yeah. The more, more details, TBD. Right now, we're waiting for numbers to go down in certain areas for us to, you know, COVID numbers. Right. That is so exciting. And I'm so excited, like, to see you. I hope you can make it. God willing. Yeah. That's going to be that's going to be awesome. Before we go, I have to ask you one question. How did you meet Ari Goldwag and start that oh. amazing collab? Thank you so much. Um, I knew Ari, my family knew Ari since I was a baby. I, my dad literally knew him since he was a little kid. We kept in touch. I would say I met him many years ago when I was much younger, briefly. He sends out an email blast. Um, he's got like a whole fan. I mean, I'm part of his fan mail uh, email blast. <laughs> and he sent out a campaign that he was crowdfunding for an album. He's like the king of crowdfunding. He has like so many fans that are able to really like, he's able to really do what he does due to the incredible support of his fans and his and just... He's, he's so great at, at creating music. I'm a huge fan. So I responded to his crowdfunding campaign. I see you're make, working on an album. I would love to help. Um, how can I help? And he said, well, you're working on an album too. How about we work on a song that'll be on my... His, he released an album, Yeshli HaKol, mm-hmm. um, about two months ago. And my song, our song, was on that album. And uh, it's going to be on my album as well. 
So I approached him with this song and he was gracious enough to join. So, uh, yeah. That is so, so amazing. So before we go, is there any last things or any piece of advice you'd like to share with your fans or whoever is tuning in? I would say to find your tafkid in life. It's very important to have a close relationship with Hashem. When you find your tafkid and you have your purpose, tafkid is a purpose. For those who don't know, tafkid is a purpose. When you find your purpose in life and you have that relationship with God, however big, however small you have that relationship, your life will have so much more meaning because what your purpose should be Whatever that is, whatever you're good at, should be to serve your creator and to make a positive impact on the world. That is beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, David, for being here. It's been such a pleasure Malia, learning about you. Thank you so much you. for having me. It was a, it was really a pleasure. And you know, Hatzlacha with your show, it's really incredible. I've been listening to it nonstop. And it's mm-hmm. such an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was David Perlman right here on Hebrew Hits. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a like, a follow, a subscribe, and you know what you can do too. Maybe leave us a nice rating. Well, thank you so much for tuning into Hebrew Hits this week. All of David Perlman's links are in the description below. Go check them out. We'll see you back next week. Same time, same place.